Hello, and welcome to today's episode of the Vibrant Christian Living Podcast. I'm your host, Alicia Michelle, and my goal is to help you find practical tools to know how to renew your mind using both brain and biblically-based strategies. So today, we're talking about a pretty juicy topic. It's the inner critic. And I hear all the time from women about how the inner critic runs the show a lot of the times. And I, too, have struggled with the inner critic and definitely felt trapped by that whole process of having somebody tell you what to do in your mind and feeling like you know what you should do, but still feeling like there's a voice that's yelling at you all the time. So if you feel like there's that battle going on and you feel like you want some relief, you want to try a different way to handle it, today I'm going to share with you a powerful, powerful strategy that truly transformed how I relate to the inner critic and has been an incredible tool for helping women find freedom. Women I've worked with in coaching, women in the Christian Mindset Makeover. And I just want to say first off that as I share this, you're going to feel like this is counterintuitive because honestly, it is. It's completely opposite from how you probably have been dealing with the inner critic up to this point. And yet, I want to say it is also the way that God speaks to us. It is in line with the kind, compassionate heart of God. So as we get into this, I wanted to just say, first of all, that I want you to have an open mind about a different way to manage the inner critic and also to release yourself from any guilt about feeling like I'm never going to get past this. I've been dealing with this the wrong way all this time. We're starting fresh. We're starting new. And we're going to talk about this powerful strategy so that you can even today after this podcast, find freedom and begin to get some healing in this area. So first, let's talk about why it's important to manage the inner critic. Well, first, I want to say that we're never going to fully eliminate the inner critic. It's not our goal to do that. She's there for a good reason. And she's part of our hardwiring. So we'll talk more about why she's there in a second. But if we don't manage her, it can be very damaging to us, as you know. First, when we have an inner critic in our head, we are continually having these, these battles continually in our, in our mind. And often that voice can be louder than the voice of God. And so that is not good for our, our health, first of all, to have an ongoing mental battle. We certainly have enough things to think about and work through and deal with outside of our own mind and even in our own head without the inner critic being in the way. And it's just not good for us to be in that kind of a state. And also, this is not this loving voice of compassion that God has for us. It's not a kind voice. It's not a, a voice that wants to lead us to healing. It is a voice that's harsh and, and hateful, quite honestly. And so we have to understand that this is not the voice of God. This is not what God has as a best practice for us. So it's, it's important to be able to learn how to, how to manage it and to, to deal with it in a productive way. Now, something I want to mention, which is that I sometimes get resistance around this, and I've personally felt resistance around this in terms of managing the inner critic in this different way that we're going to talk about. I didn't feel like I really wanted to fully get rid of the inner critic, I think, because I felt like she was helpful to me. She helped me stay motivated. She helped me push harder. She helped me meet goals. And if you're a perfectionist or a workaholic or somebody who gets stuff done, I'm a type three of the Enneagram, you know, 
you have that kind of mentality and mindset behind you, you can see sometimes an inner critic can be helpful. And when I was working through this, I had this hidden fear I discovered of if I let this voice go, will I still be motivated? Will I still want to show up in a big way? Will I still be able to push through and to accomplish all that God has for me? The answer is yes. (laughs) You are still able to do that, which is what I discovered, but I'm able to do it from a much healthier way because when we're trying to motivate ourselves from that inner critic, harsh mindset, it's there can be growth from it, but it's not a joyful growth. We don't enjoy the process of seeing transformation. We don't celebrate our victories. There's never an end to the growth. It's just, it has to be better. It has to be bigger. It has to, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? It's not a satisfaction in our work. And we know even God, when he created the world, he rested and was satisfied with the work that he did. So God calls us to be satisfied with that good godly work that we do. And we are called to celebrate it. So when we have an inner critic pushing us to that goal, it's not the kind of satisfaction. It's not the kind of progress that we need to be making. So I just wanted to say that if that's something that you might either be aware of, or you just might subconsciously be thinking that if I let go of this, well, then who am I? How am I going to meet these goals and do this? All right. So let's talk about how most of us deal with the inner critic. How do we typically deal with her? Well, you know the answer to this. When she strikes, we tell her to be quiet, go sit down. It's not true. That's a lie. God doesn't say that about me. We respond in anger. We respond in telling her to go away. We don't respond with love. We respond with hate. And we go on the attack. We tell her she's wrong, that it's ridiculous that I feel this way. And then, of course, guilt sets in like, okay, so then why do I still struggle with this? Don't I know this by now that God has got this, that God is going to take care of me? Why do I still have this this fear and this doubt? I mean, it's just this cycle, 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 which is, again, another reason why we know that when we let that render critic run rampant, it's so easy for the enemy and his lies to come in and just continue to build on that. So we've got to get this under control. And clearly, dealing with the inner critic with anger is not the answer. We think it is because we want to, when somebody attacks us, we want to respond with attacking. We were just, we, and we're angry. We're tired of being in these kind of situations where we're feeling attacked. I mean, it, it makes sense why we would, we would respond that way. But let's think about something different. What if we responded with a different kind of mindset? And I want to give us, before I even reveal specifically what that mindset is, I want to give you a little bit of a background about why the inner critic is there so that it will make sense when we talk about this mindset, why this is a much more effective tool. So the inner critic is a normal part of our brain. It's part of our brain's ability to keep us safe. It's part of our brain's ability to protect us. Some people have called her a risk management expert. She's the one who can detect if there's something wrong and who wants to help us take steps to avoid pain, to avoid hurt, to avoid embarrassment, to avoid humiliation, whatever it is, she has rises up and tries to protect us from that. And she also speaks with more volume when we are about to go and try something bigger than what we're normally used to. We're stepping outside our comfort zone. We're just doing something a little more bold, maybe. And it's, it's really easy for that voice to step up and natural for that voice to step up. Because again, when we're doing that, we are risking being more vulnerable and we're risking putting ourselves out there. So that makes sense why she would show up during those times. 
So as we mentioned, the goal is not to eliminate that because we want to be aware of times when we're doing something that might be harmful or hurtful. The problem is, is when it goes into overdrive and it keeps us from doing what we need to do. That is, and it becomes this, this, this hurtful dialogue inside of us. That's what we're trying to avoid. We need to stop beating ourselves up for not being able to get rid of the inner critic. I love how Tara Moore puts this concept in her book, Playing Big. She says, the day of unfailing, gorgeous confidence isn't coming. Self-doubt will always be a part of what, what each of us work with as we take steps to play bigger. The name of the game is not to eliminate self-doubt. The name of the game is learning how to let the inner critic do its thing without taking direction from it. The goal is to hear the inner critic's voice, but to not let that voice determine our choices. So acknowledging and seeing the inner critic as part of a healthy working mind, but keeping her within the healthy parameters of how God sees us, God's ability to keep us safe, keep us protected, keeping her within her right realm, right, is, is going to be our goal. So this is the crux. Hearing that voice, we want to hear the inner critic's voice, but we do not need to let it be the voice that changes how we respond. We don't need it to be the one that's in charge. The inner critic absolutely needs to be heard. She needs to be understood. She needs to have compassion. And that is this mindset shift that we have to make. We need to let her be understood. We need to let her be acknowledged, to be consoled, to be comforted. We need to stop telling her she's crazy for feeling the way she is. Because quite often, again, if as a risk management expert, she has a reason for feeling like that. And when we can give her the space to have that floor to say, this is why I'm feeling like this, and we can help her understand what that is about, then we can work to quell that voice and we can work to replace it with a different thought. But it has to start first with that compassionate, understanding voice. We need to take her to the cross. We need to let her hear the soothing words of our powerful Savior. We need to let her be understood and, and held by Jesus in the way that we know he holds us. And of course, when I'm speaking about the inner critic as a her, this is a voice inside of us, but we need to allow that part of ourselves to be approached in that way, if that makes sense. So with that in mind, I wanted to share some scriptures about how God speaks to us when we're upset, how he comforts us, and how we can draw some inspiration from that when we're comforting and speaking to our inner critic. So first, God comforts us with his promise. We read in Psalm 119, verses 50 and 52, your promise revives me. It comforts me in all of my troubles. I meditate on your age-old regulations, O Lord. They comfort me. God's promises of never giving up on us, always being with us, never forsaking us, loving us to the end of time, the fact that he never changes, that he always provides, he takes care of his children, all of the promises of God, that is what comforts us. That is what gives us strength. And he gives us comfort through reminding us of those truths. God also comforts us with his presence. Psalm 23 verse 4 says, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for you're close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. So this picture, of course, is from Psalm 23, a very famous psalm. 
And this is a picture of a shepherd walking beside a sheep, the rod and the staff, the rod and the staff being that implement or that instrument that a shepherd would have to control his sheep, to rein them in, to keep them in line, to help them to do the right thing. So again, referencing this idea of God's law, his promises as keeping us safe, that gives us comfort. But of course, in this verse, I want to draw to that part of the verse that says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for you're close beside me. So reminding ourselves that we can hear the inner critic, but we can begin to release some of the fear around what she has inside because God is sitting there with us in that. He has not abandoned us to our fear. He comforts us with his presence in the middle of the anxiety and the fear and the chaos that may be coming and what the inner critic is trying to express. Are you overwhelmed with negative thoughts and you have no idea how to get rid of them? It's like, you know what the truth is, but you can't seem to believe it or just to make that inner critic stop. I completely understand. And I want to help you find a way out. I want to give you a free mindset training that will teach you scientific and biblical tools to show you how to manage your thoughts and how to take back control of your emotions. You can take that first step to find freedom. You can find peace. You can truly believe in the good promises God has for you. Go to vibrantchristianliving.com forward slash mind right now to get this free training. Another way that God comforts us when we're upset or afraid is he reminds us that he hears us and that he's going to help us. Psalm 10, seven says, Lord, you know, the hopes of the helpless. Surely you will hear their cries and comfort them. God knows the hopes of the helpless. He knows when we're hurting, he knows for our hopes for something better, and he comforts us through it. Psalm 22 verse 24 says, for he has not ignored or belittled the suffering of the needy. He has not turned his back on them, but has listened to their cries for help. God is not ignoring us when we have these feelings of pain. And that's why when we yell at ourselves and get angry at ourselves for feeling this inner critic voice or hearing this inner critic voice, it's not helpful because that's not how God made us to be healed. God made us to be healed by hearing that, not dwelling in it. And we'll talk more about that in a second, but acknowledging it and recognizing it, having compassion for it, sitting with it, sitting with it and not belittling it. Like it says in this verse, he's not ignored or belittled the suffering of the needy. So our inner critic has a good reason usually for what we're experiencing. And it's helpful to be able to, to help her see what that is and to recognize it. And we'll talk about that in a sec. And then God recognizes what we're going through and he sits with us in the pain. And then he gives us a new perspective to focus on. Psalm 34 verse four says, I prayed to the Lord. He answered me. He freed me from all of my fears. God gives us freedom from all the things that keep us trapped in anxiety and, and fear when we can let him take them, when we can pray to him and trust his answer. Psalm 31, 22 says, in panic, I cried out, I am cut off from the Lord, but you heard my cry for mercy and answered my call for help. I love this verse because it's saying, it really just speaks to this idea of us being so panicky sometimes. Like I am afraid and you've never, you're never going to fix this. And, and, and you've left me and all the things that we think sometimes when we're in these states of true emotion. And he's still there. He's still there in the mess. He's like, not so, you know, I understand why you're feeling that way. Let me help you. That's the God we serve. And that's how we can respond to the inner critic. And then of course, 
he gives us a new perspective on how to handle it, which is how we can help the inner critic through this. We see this most powerfully in that very famous verse in Philippians 4, verses 6 to 8. I'm going to read it, and I want you to think about it in this new context of the inner critic. So this verse says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what's true, honorable, and right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So he allows us to have the opportunity to vent those things to him, to recognize them. He doesn't just say, hey, have a new perspective. Stop being so stressed. Stop being ridiculous about this. You don't need to worry about this. What's wrong with you for having this feeling? Just, you know, the answer, you know who I am. Stop. He says, pray about everything. Tell me what I, what you need. Thank me for the fact that I'm with you and that I'm going to resolve this. I'm going to help you through this. And then here, I want you to take on this new way of looking at it. So again, that's the, the attitude we can have with the inner critic. And then just lastly, I wanted to share that God's very character is to be loving and compassionate. This is who he is. This is the foundational part of his entire being. We see that both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. There are so many verses about this. We could talk an entire podcast episode about those verses, but I just want to share two, one from the old and one from the new to show you that it is the entire picture of who God is in both Jesus, the Holy Spirit and God, the father. So Exodus 34, six says the Lord passed in front of Moses calling out Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy. I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. Matthew 9, 6 says when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like a sheep without a shepherd. God is compassionate. God understands. He is slow to anger. He is quick to listen. He's quick to hear us. Praise God for that, right? This is the model that we get to have as the one who brings us comfort. And this is how we can choose to look at our inner critic in a different way and manage her in a different way. All right. So let's talk about some steps we can specifically take to help respond to the inner critic with compassion instead of anger. So step one, I would encourage us. And again, I'm saying us because this is an ongoing process that we all have and it gets easier the more we do it, but it's an ongoing thing that we do in our, in ourselves. I would encourage you first, just listen. Listen to the inner critic's words with kindness and compassion. What are her fears? What, ask her, what are you trying to keep me safe from? What is that thing that you're trying to protect me from, protect from happening to me? What is that thing? So that's a great question to ask and just sit with that. Just sit with it and understand where she's coming from, why she could be feeling like this. That's huge. And then second, since the other inner critic is trying to keep us safe and often her voice is rooted in fear. So what parts of what she's saying are true and what parts aren't true? What parts are fear of what might happen that's difficult or bad or scary? And what parts are actually things that, you know, could be relevant? What parts are those things that we want to run away from and be sure to avoid? And what parts are those things where we're like, it's okay, I can step into this with a trust in God, knowing that he's going to take care of me. Those are things to consider the difference between what's true and what's not true. Sometimes she's just saying things that aren't true just to try to get us all riled up, of course, to protect us. She's that person standing on the corner going, wait, wait, wait. Oh, no, no, don't do this. You know, again, trying to keep us safe. 
So if we can understand what's true and what's not true about what she's saying, that helps us to decide how to respond. Third, how can you acknowledge her concerns as real and then point her to the cross? What reassurance can you give about God's character, about your identity as God's daughter? What can you remind her of? Not dismissing her, not dismissing her, but saying, I understand what you're saying. And let me also share this truth that I know about God and about how he made me and about how he's protecting me and how he's going to walk with me through this, whatever that is. Then lastly, step four, what thoughts are you going to choose to dwell in moving forward? What are you going to say? This is where I'm going to be. I'm not, I'm going to take what she's giving me as, as a way to recognize that there is some risk in this. There is some fear that's I don't want to just say that I'm fearless, you know, of course, fear can be healthy fear can, in, in protecting us. And fear can also be something that we can give to God to help us to step into fear. Sometimes we have to step into fear to get to that next level. Often we do. So what is it that with that in mind that we can do to help us take the next best step moving forward in regards to this? I want to give you an example of this. I'm going to give you an example, a very personal example of something the inner critic has been talking to me about lately. So something that I have been wanting to do again is to begin writing for magazines. Back in the day, right after I started having kids, well, actually right before I started having kids, I worked as a magazine editor and wrote for a Christian magazine. And that was awesome and loved doing that work as a writer. I would like to get back to doing some of that work as a writer. And I know that God has given me some specific things to share. And I feel like it could be very helpful to do that. But here's what my inner critic has been saying. Here's literally was what she says. You can't write for that magazine. They'd laugh at you if you offered to write an article for them. Who do you think you are? No one wants to hear from you. You have nothing worthwhile to say. So that's what she tells me. Okay. So instead of just yelling at her and telling her to go away, here is an example of a dialogue that I could have. And this is something, again, I've been working through. So here's what I'm going to share with you. So I can say, me, I see that you're trying to keep me safe from something. Thank you for wanting to protect me. What are you trying to protect me from? And then the inner critic, well, I don't want you to look like a fool. I don't want you to look silly in front of others. I'm trying to keep you safe from being hurt. So keeping in mind, again, that the inner critic often flares when we step out into doing something new and big. And also she usually tries to revert back to some of those things that can maybe we have found healing around or maybe we haven't, but those those core soundtracks that maybe were unhealthy at a certain point. Now for me, that soundtrack was a soundtrack of perfectionism and workaholism and wanting to make everyone happy, wanting to do everything right, wanting to succeed, wanting to look good in front of others. So you can see that I have now a new strength to respond differently to her because of the work I've done. In the past, I probably would not have been able to say what I'm about to share with you, but she still sometimes calls upon those old fears. And so I'm grateful that God has showed us a different way to respond into that. But just to be aware that sometimes, you know, when she attacks, she's going to attack when we're doing something bigger and she's going to attack in ways that have maybe been Achilles heels in the past or are still things you're trying to work through. All that said, as she says to me, as in response to, I'll read that again so you can have it in context. The inner critic says, I don't want you to look like a fool. I don't want you to look silly in front of others. I'm trying to keep you safe from being hurt. So my response to that could be something like, 
Thank you for trying to keep me from getting hurt in this area. You know how painful it's been in the past for me to feel rejected by others or to feel like a failure about things that I care deeply about. And I see that there is a potential for that to happen. But here's the thing. I don't have to worry about if I get it right, or I don't have to worry about even if I get it right ever. I don't have to worry about what others think. I'm trusting God in this process. I feel God calling me to do this. And so I'm trusting that he's going to help me to know what to share and how to share it. Okay, inner critic, I'm putting this in God's hands. He's got it. He's able. So you see what I did is I didn't just say, you're wrong. You're bad. What is wrong with you? I acknowledged that it made sense why she was trying to protect me in this way. She has walked with me and seen me be hurt in this past way by others, criticism of others, feeling rejected. And I'm just saying, you know, I feel that. I know that. Thank you for reminding me that that's a, that's a caution to be aware of. I am being aware of it. And here's how I'm choosing to handle it. I'm choosing to say that God's got me, that he's taking care of me, that I'm going to be okay, that God's directing this and he's going to give me what I need. So you see the difference. You hear the difference in the tone. It is not condemning and yelling back at a voice that is being critical and harsh and yelling at us. It's responding the way God responds with love and compassion. That is that mindset switch to offer understanding, to offer love to the inner critic, to offer healing to her, to take her to the cross, to let her find that place where she can calm down, she can rest, and we can step forward and do what God has called us to do. So if you're interested in more about this and how to manage negative thoughts overall, I have a free resource I want to give you on managing thoughts. It is a powerful training. It has worksheets and all kinds of great things that you can use to help you walk through this and to learn more about managing thoughts. So if you would like to download that, you can go to vibrantchristianliving.com forward slash mind, M-I-N-D. And you will not only get that free training, but you'll learn more about the Christian Mindset Makeover, which is the boot camp that I have for women to go through and really learn about these negative mindsets, these spirals we get stuck in, things like the inner critic, how to find healing, how to rewire our thoughts on a subconscious level, using the brain priming and using the brain science that I have been trained in as a neuro coach, and also using the biblical truth for healing and for hope, putting them together so we know how to renew our minds. So again, to get that free resource and to learn more about the Christian Mindset Makeover, go to vibrantchristianliving.com forward slash mind. All right, friend. Thanks so much for being here with me today. I look forward to talking to you more next week on our next episode. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks for joining me today. Please go to vibrantchristianliving.com forward slash podcast to get the full show notes and information on all the resources for today's episode. And if you love this episode, please leave us a five-star rating and review in your favorite podcast player. I look forward to seeing you back here for next week's episode.